Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Dun, 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 dun. I start with such wonderful vocals because it's time, it's that time of the year our Stan Bates Award winners have just been announced. We have, and that is, that's an honor oh, of our former. am I going to be on the show or is this you? Excuse me? <laughs> you, you do not, you come on and cut me off six seconds into the thing every time. Don't even. I mean, you're just you- jumping right into topic one. We don't even like, hey, how you doing? How was your weekend? Hey, how come I'm in the studio and you're at home? You know, things like that. I mean, okay. Well, are the people seeing I mean, me? Kendra's got places to go, people to see. I mean, it is four nineteen, and I don't make the rules. <laughs> Senior staff does. Hey, now the big boss man. So, so anyway, how was your weekend? Labor Day <laughs> coming on, so it's officially fall, right? Is it yes. pumpkin spice season? I think it's always pumpkin spice season. So, I so get this: I go to Costco the other day. Okay. This is still in August. It's like August 31st. Okay. Christmas trees everywhere. It's never too early. What are we doing? It's never too early for the holiday season. I mean, the, the Halloween stuff is already being like moved to the side. I mean, it's... that's, see, that's a little disrespectful because I do personally like Halloween. So I don't want you to shove the Halloween stuff aside to make room. I think you can, I think it's 70% Halloween. They can live together for a little while, right? Christmas, yeah. but Halloween needs to be in the forefront area. Nice. Just how I feel. So anyway, so it is fall now. Yeah, it but certainly feel of like that. And, and a major award. If you've ever seen a Christmas story, a major award. No, I don't know if I have. Is that the one where he's like, don't shoot your eye out with the BB yes. gun? Yes. Oh. And his dad gets the leg. Uh, oh, lamp. yes. That In was the, the major yeah. award. Now, it's not a leg lamp, but this is the Stan Bates Awards. So this yes. goes to the two student athletes, male and female, who served uh, in the community, who have been outstanding students, and oh, by the way, are also great athletes. And this is voted on by our um, faculty athletic reps from around the league. And now get into your Stan Bates presentation that I so rudely interrupted. I don't know if I can even get back into the zone. You know what I mean? Well, we're going to congratulate both uh, Mariana (laughs) Hernandez from Grand Canyon and and Peyton Kirk. So the cool thing from Abilene Christian, Peyton Kirk from Abilene Christian. Both cool track and both, field athletes. Both track and field. Are you, you? <laughs> stepping on you? Stepping, we're just stepping. See, you're in the office. I'm not. We were told, you know, we had a, a little complication this morning with the air conditioning. It was hot. Even though it's fall, it is 90s here in the hot state of Texas. But anyway. Sort so of air back. conditioning not working. So we had the option to go home. I had a few things I was working on, and as I stayed here, the air conditioning came on. So I figured, might as well just stay here. I mean, you you were just fighting this morning, <laughs> battling through the heat to get your Grinded. work done. We commend you for it. So back to Stan Bates. Back to Stan Bates. So uh, Peyton Kirk, 
uh, was majoring in engineering, mechanical concentration. She also got her master's degree as well. And so she, she won the pole vault title at the outdoor championships, outdoor track and field championships, 2023. She won the long jump in 2022. She was a sack rep. So a lot of good things there and also doing, doing good in your community is part of it. She worked at a local food bank and was a mentor for high school girls. So that's really exciting. This comes with a $10,000 postgraduate scholarship. So that'll be awesome for her as she continues her academic endeavors. And I just want you to take Hernandez. (laughs) Am I allowed to speak now? No. (laughs) Mariana Hernandez from Grand Canyon, uh, by the way, was a transfer from UTRGV where he had a very successful career as well. He was uh, named the Roland L. Beck winner at DCU, which is given to the top graduating male student athlete uh, representing academics, leadership, and athletics. He was a sprinter on four different Lopes teams that won WAC championships. uh, And that includes this past year when I was in Nacogdoches, had a front row seat to that in 2023 at the outdoor championships, was the 400 meter champion at the indoor championships in 2020. I was also there, Kendra. And that was uh, about a week or two before the COVID epidemic uh, struck the world and kind of shut everything down. That was kind of our last major event in the WAC right before we went to the basketball tournament, had a couple games played, and then the tournament was canceled. Side turn, (laughs) that was a hard left there. Turning back to the right, uh, Hernandez and the community volunteered at a local food bank, helping feed the homeless and also packed food to send to the folks over in Ukraine. So two very deserving student athletes for the Stan Bates Award and congratulations to them. Absolutely. Very, very exciting. And, and as we just announced those winners, we have some also some new firsts and exciting things in the WAC. How about Abilene Christian Women's Golf making program history their first tournament? And what do you know when it's your first tournament? They get first place by a pretty big margin too, I might add. So that's really exciting. Good, good for the Wildcats to, to build this program from the ground up and start on a really strong note. Yeah. To shoot three under par for the tournament, uh, win by 10 strokes over Oakland university, Bradley university who, uh, was 20 shots back. So a uh, beat a pretty large field there. So to do that right out of the gate. Yeah. Congratulations to Abilene Christian. We look forward to seeing them in the in the spring when we have our championship but obviously our golf uh, teams they play kind of a split schedule they play some tournaments in the fall some in the spring just because of the weather but uh, that's a very big win for the wildcats right out of the shoot it absolutely is and and we have a lot of uh switching over because guess what it officially is this week nfl football it's nfl game week very exciting. A lot of us having our fantasy football drafts going on here at the Western Athletic Conference. E. Danner Diz is not a part of it as he is in his own league, but that's okay. Also, we should our- be pointed out these are not for money. These that are not, not no. No, they are rules, not. But you can't do it for fun. And uh, yeah, it's it's very exciting that it's NFL football starting up this week. Of course, college football has been going on for a few weeks now. But if you had the chance to watch Hard Knocks on HBO, Kendra, this was a fantastic show this year. We saw Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers now moving over to the New York Jets. We saw 
I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> I had to get my phone charger. But if you got to see, I think it was episode three, Kendra, Xavier Gibson. And I'm 99% sure his name's Xavier. Did we establish that with him last year? We did. Um, because I went back and I watched some videos and we and we said both Xavier and Xavier at different times. I noticed yes. on the HBO on the Hard Knocks, Xavier. There was no Xavier ever said, but that's not to say they're not wrong. It's true. That's true. I thought that he had said Xavier when we interviewed yes, him. I'm pretty sure he did. But, you know, the, the few years back, so my previous conference, we had Austin Eckler. Okay, for, he was at Western Colorado. And I know his name was Austin Eckler because I had asked him, you know, it's E-K-E-L-E-R. Yeah. And for the first year of his career, everybody called him Austin Eckler. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Anyway, what are we doing? Xavier prominently featured on that episode. I mean, they they interviewed him. They used five, ten sound bites. They had Aaron Rodgers talking about him. Randall Cobb was talking about him, about, hey, watch watch number 82. I told you about number 82. He's telling Aaron Rodgers, uh, both as a punt returner and as a receiver, that last preseason game, Kendra, I believe he had seven catches for 70-some yards for the Jets makes their 53-man roster outright as an undrafted free agent. So that's very tough to do. So congratulations to Xavier Gibson, who also, by the way, was our Joe Kearney Award winner last year as the top male athlete in the WAC. Yeah, that's really, really exciting for Xavier Gibson. As uh, I remember being there when he broke the SFA record for receiving yards at their first game, FCS kickoff. Uh, Montgomery, Alabama against Jacksonville State. And you were um, shooting the video. I was. I it got looked like NFL film. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And even they had said that, you know, they played a joke on him thinking that maybe he didn't make the roster. Um, and he did. And so that's really exciting. He's always a humble guy. And it's tough when, when you're a wide receiver. Um, you know, he's, he's a little bit on the shorter side and you're going to the NFL and a lot of wide receivers are big guys. Um, but props to him. It just goes to show, you know, what, what, what his work ethic is. And it also helps put, you know, our schools on the maps, you can go FCS and you can make it in the NFL. And a lot of people, you know, might, might not always think that way, but if you have the exposure and you have the work ethic and the talent, you can go anywhere. Yeah, he was not the only uh, lumberjack to make an NFL roster. I believe they had four players total. Is that right? Including yes. BJ Thompson, who, was an outstanding player for SFA last year. So two guys from last year's team making NFL rosters. So just shows you, like you were saying, you can, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Kind of New like York. <laughs> also, uh, Whack Top Play is back. I know we missed it. <laughs> hashtag Whack Top Play. Shout out to our schools for starting to really hashtag our top plays. It's amazing work. It goes to GCU women's soccer this week. Uh, Magdalena Schwartz for her goal against Oregon. So getting that beautiful whacked on Twitter, playing against a power five opponent, the only goal of the match. Very exciting. Yeah, Lindsey Prokop, you know, did a, a big percentage of the work on that particular goal. Uh, but good to see GCU come out on top, one nothing. We're going to get into kind of what's been going on with men's soccer with Tony Jones in our, in our second segment. Certainly uh, there, there's 
maybe not been the results, but there's been some good matches played on the men's soccer side, but playing so many power five schools, so many ranked schools, because they always try to test themselves right out of the box. Also, um, for the whack top play, we wanted to, to give uh, a shout out to coach Chris Sissel, uh, the women's soccer coach at GCU. Uh, unfortunately, his mom passed away uh, just before that game. The, the players dedicating uh, that game to her memory and they come out on top one to nothing over Oregon. And he's always been a, uh, a good uh, person to talk to on, on this show. He always has a time of day. Um, anytime we've had to talk to him, whether it's halftime of a game or end of a game, um, always makes time for us. And uh, you, you always hate to see that, but uh, had a nice tribute to, to her. If you look at the, uh, the write-up and the recap on the GCU website. Absolutely. Definitely thinking of coach Sissel and his family. He, he always, he's, he's a great guy to talk to. He's got a big smile on his face, a lot of personality. And, and you saw that the Havocs there made a sign, you know, dedicating to him. Um, so, I mean, passion fuels a lot when you're playing a tough opponent and, and you have, you know, a big reason to win and, and give your coach something to smile about during a really tough time. Um, so it's great to see and really, really proud of that team and thinking of course of, of Chris Sissel. Our Ticket Smarter Women's Soccer Players of the Week. Uh, we're going to go with offensively is Marcella Brooks from California Baptist. She had a hat trick in a win over UTEP, six to nothing. CBU really hammering UTEP, and I looked it up. UTEP, I mean, had, I believe, won a game or two as well. So that that was a big win for the Lancers. And our Defensive Player of the Week goes to Green Canyon, Sydney Roberts, in addition to that shutout win over Oregon. Uh, they also had a shutout win over UTSA, and uh, their goalkeeper for the second week in a row gets the Ticket Smarter Goalkeeper of the Week. That's uh, Diaria Jackson from GCU. So their uh, their defense, especially Kendra, has been outstanding the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. A lot of excitement for our women's soccer teams also upcoming this week as some more have a chance to get our new, I don't know if you guys have seen it on our social media. We have a new whacked sort of gif going on. So anytime our schools beat a team and it's a power five school or a top 25 ranked team, we give them a little extra fuel, a little something extra. It's pretty exciting. So, uh, you know, GCU got that one this week too, which is pretty cool. Yeah. On Thursday, we'll have Utah Valley at USC, the uh, Trojans. Uh, we're also going to have California Baptist visiting Oregon, the team that just lost to GCU. Stephen F. Austin will play Texas on Thursday night as well. Those are all potential whacked games, if you will. So a lot to look forward to here this week. Abilene Christian on Sunday will be traveling to Baylor, Seattle U, hosting Washington. That's always a good matchup between the Red Hawks and the Huskies as they're just a few miles apart uh, from each other. And so, Plenty to look forward to, including non-whacked action, if you will, coming up this week. Absolutely. And volleyball, also another season that is rolling on as they were one of our first, I believe. Were they the first? No, they were second. Women's soccer began first. That's true. Uh, then volleyball and men's soccer. Then uh, so smacks in the middle. And, and you know, we only have one team so far that's unbeaten after week one, and that is UT Arlington right here, local, the Mavericks swept opening weekend. Um, so that's pretty exciting. They beat Bryant three to one and they won against Rhode Island in straight sets. And then they also beat air force in a 
three to two thriller, might I add. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, UTA has been a, a pretty solid team and, and that's a really good start for them so far. Yeah. So they win those three matches in that first week at Air Force. Then they come back home, beat Incarnate Word, Presbyterian and La Tech all uh, by sweeps at home. So yeah, you can't ask for a much better start than six and zero oh for UTA. No, we had uh, coach Debbie Humphreys on last week on the show and they were hosting a tournament as well. And Stephen F. Austin uh, actually wins all three of those matches. So they beat Cal Poly 3-0, they beat Nichols 3-0, and then they beat Southern Miss, who, who's a pretty tough opponent, in five sets, 3-2. to two. So they have now won four matches in a row, and they were, uh, they, they're now 5-1 and one on the year. They will be not too far away uh, at North Texas uh, coming up here this week up in Denton, and then they're going to Flagstaff, Arizona. So they're going to be doing a little bit of traveling there and play Boise State host Northern Arizona and Arizona State. So they have a very tough week ahead of them. How about Abilene Christian up on a three-match win streak, three-game win streak as well. And they've got a tough opponent coming up uh, today, actually. Yeah, so when we when we play this, they'll have already played. I know, right? I was Texas just thinking Tech. of that. That's right. Just giving you guys a little preview and then when it comes out you'll see if our predictions are correct they're gonna win everybody's waiting for (laughs) they could they could we have a lot of schools though uh you know we we talked about it with with women's soccer and you'll hear a little bit more in our segment with tony jones men's soccer our our schools are are really stepping up their non-conference slate so very excited for some of these uh big time opponents yeah see we have oh what seven teams that are 500 or above right now at this point in the season. So a lot to be sorted out, but yeah, a lot of fun watching uh, WAC women's volleyball so far this season. When we come back, we're going to talk WAC men's soccer with Tony Jones. You're listening to WAC. We are now joined by Tony Jones, who is the assistant commissioner for communications for the Western Athletic Conference, oversees our media relations for men's soccer and Men's soccer, kind of an interesting start to the season, Tony. I think there's been a lot of, uh, I guess, playing up, you might say, uh, a competition against some really good teams. So if you look at the standings, maybe not what people might have hoped this point in the season. Most likely not, but I I do think that that will sort of play itself out at the end of the year once the NCAA releases the first RPI of the season. I think even these teams who, who more than likely will have uh, records that are are probably not where they hoped they would be at that point in time might end up in good standing with a good conference run. Uh, that's certainly the hope. You, you never, you know, you can schedule out like this and, and schedule a little more difficult and then your opponents maybe don't meet you kind of there when <laughs> the, the matches are finally played, you know, once you've uh, scheduled out a conference. But yeah, uh, a lot of surprises, I guess you could say for, from the outside looking in. But when you kind of run down the opposition and see, either the ranked teams or, or teams with great pedigrees from stronger leagues, it, it makes sense. And, and, you know, there's a lot of one goal decisions in there. There's been a few draws with, with quality teams. So I, I think some of those teams are, are hoping to maybe get a few more W's in the, in the column uh, as they move forward here in non-conference, but no, nothing uh, wrong with, with kind of punching out of your weight class, so to speak. 
And Tony, if we look at, you know, the early standings now, these don't really have too much effect, obviously, since conference play hasn't started, but Seattle, you currently sitting at the top three and one overall. And that's where we find our offensive player of the week in James Morris, who had seven points total with uh, three goals and an assist. What have you seen from Seattle? You now that they're, you know, under this new head coach, Pete Fewing had retired. They have Gallagher now. Um, you know, what do you expect from this team as they get started pretty early at three and one? Yeah, th- three straight wins uh, in the, over the last week and a half or so, including two on a road swing through California. That That's kind of what the doctor ordered, especially when you take your first road trip of the year. The only defeat for Seattle thus far was uh, two to one to UC San Diego, which again, you know, any of those matches out West, you never really know what you're going to get. That's everyone's very competitive and everything's real close there. So we'd said it, I think one of the last times I was on with you both that last year was sort of an aberration year, I think for Seattle, U. some injuries to keep players after a, a big win in, in South Bend. I almost said in Notre Dame, Indiana, if I was still there, that, that would be uh, uh, what would be required, but the, the city is physically South Bend you know, big win there at the start of last year. And then some injuries really ravaged the team and, you know, still made the tournament, but it was a struggle to get there. And there was really nothing left in the tank by the time they got to Riverside and to CBU to the tournament. And, you know, kind of a surprising thing to see. That's always a team who's in the mix. And, you know, looking at it this year, lost some of that veteran leadership, but James Morris is a guy who's been around for a number of years for the Red Hawks. And after a quiet, you know, first few matches, really, (laughs) went off on that trip and, you know, with a goal and an assist to start off at Fullerton. And then the first goal and the winning goal at UC Davis to, to race what ended up being a two, one deficit was, was a nice win for the Red Hawks. So everything's kind of lining up for them here. The, the rest of the way through the non-conference really strong with Oregon state at home at Loyola Marymount, who's been ranked early this year, Denver at home and Washington at home before they start conference play. I mean, that's, that's a heck of a, non-conference schedule so to be three and one thus far if they can come out uh, you know above 500 from there they're really going to be set up well once we get to whack play yeah especially in the sport of soccer and men's soccer in particular you you see a lot of power five schools a lot of ranked schools on the uh, opposition against uh, our schools and and of course in this particular sport you have air force san jose state uh, that are members of the mountain west and other sports but the unlv of course uh, but they are members of the WAC in men's soccer. California Baptist, we had their head coach, uh, Co Michelson, on the show uh, a few weeks back. They were picked to win the league. But again, talk about scheduling. They start at West Virginia, then go to Michigan, and then host number 24-ranked Loyola Marymount, 2-2 two to two tie. But they're still looking for their first win, and now they have California uh, from the Pac-12 coming to town. As far as... Uh, what teams might be looking for in the preseason here before we get to conference play? What What do you think uh, Coach Michelson might be looking for as as they try to figure out exactly who's going to be that their go-to people as we head into conference play in about a month? Yeah, that was a tough trip to start out. Morgantown and then Ann Arbor. That's that's a long way from home for the Lancers. So that's you know two quality teams there. You know West Virginia, obviously, the Big Twelve does not have men's soccer, so they they've been an affiliate kind of out in the ether there for a number of years, but always a strong program. And, and Michigan, of course, Big Ten soccer with with Indiana, Michigan, Penn State. There's There's been a ton of success 
in that league, especially in, in recent years and, and going back. So that's, that was, you know, when I first looked at the schedule, that was surprising to me because as you look down the rest of their schedule, they will not leave the state of California here basically until they get midway through conference play. So to go that far to the East to then work their way back home was a tough start, but that game with LMU, I think is really important, you know, for the home opener playing a ranked team at home. I think that might kind of get CBU back on track, so to speak. I mean, again, this early in the year, I, I don't think 0-2-1 is, is a bad record at all, especially when you started out with a quality road trip. But Cal at home coming up, CSUN at home coming up, UCSB, Grand Canyon to start the league play schedule at home, and also playing UC Riverside across town. I, I think that's a, a good next few weeks for the Lancers, and I think they're really going to know, and Coach Michelson especially is really going to know where they're at by the time they get to that uh, opening conference match with GCU at the start of October. You know, Tony, another team that's been a perennial powerhouse in our league or relatively good and, and usually makes the WAC tournament is San Jose State. And on Monday, they played Sanford at home. Stanford, excuse me, uh, number four. It was 2 nothing where they lost, but they had a sellout crowd. They played them pretty tight. Goal, their goalkeeper, David Sweeney, had three saves. What do you make of this Spartan team that, you know, was the number two to, to California Baptist only falling in that WAC championship in, in penalty shootout? Yeah, if you look at the roster that was returning for San Jose State, Jose State some of the names on, on CBU sort of jumped out, but, you know, really sneaky, good lineup back for San Jose State as well. And that's sort of shown here over these these first few weeks. But, you know, also yeah, our player of the week, week one, from their midfield from San Jose state was a guy who I think kind of coming into it, as you're looking at everyone who was returning, it was sort of, okay, here's, here's who's all back. And it's like, man, he kind of came out of a cannon there these first few weeks and has really given them a spark with a few goals and a, a pair of assists in the first four matches and, and David Sweeney in goal. We, we know what he brings to the table and he's been up to the task. So one, one and two, maybe not necessarily where, they would hope when you're looking at two one one draws, a bounce could go one way or the other there to to get you another win or two potentially. But you know, two nothing to Stanford at home when they're the number four team in the country coming in is, is you know nothing to be disappointed about. I think that's you know as we talked about kind of you know punching out of your weight class. I'm sure that's what Coach Tobin was thinking, getting a Stanford on the schedule, getting you know just looking down their schedule, getting Santa Clara on the schedule, getting you know, St. Mary's and Pacific, there's so many quality schools in the state of California. I mean, San Jose State is, doesn't have to leave the state for, as a, we're looking at the schedule, the first month and a half, they're in the state of California. And you're looking down the list of teams, all quality opponents, all going to give them a good game, but more so than that, regardless of what they're building up in the record, as we said, once we get to RPI season and things like that, if they were able to put together a good record, things should be sitting really well for the Spartans when they get to that point. Yeah, not only that, playing a lot of games in Northern yes. California, La Jolla, the probably the furthest road trip. Yeah. Of course, Simon Tobin was uh, a national champion Division II coach at CSU Bakersfield and had a player by the name of Jeremy Gunn when he was there. He's, of course, now the head coach at Stanford, multiple national championships. I know there's always a healthy respect there, and uh, Jeremy Gunn probably doing a solid, you know, get, getting uh, – getting his old coach on the schedule there. And of course, Bakersfield's a place that uh, Simon Tobin always returns to as well. 
the the big surprise i think so far anyway if if you're looking at this uh, well two things probably grand canyon uh one and three to start the year air force oh and four to start the year air force started at army and as you know tony anytime service academies get together especially it doesn't really matter what the sport is throughout the records add into the fact that it was the first match of the year three to two and it seems like air force really hasn't been able to get their offense on track ever since then so another team that went all the way west or excuse me went all the way east i should say to to west point and then to a really tough seat and hall team in in new jersey right after that so uh, again i'm sure that that coach hill and air force would have liked to have seen a better start here but to go that far out of your own footprint to start the year no different than cbu that's really tough and that's it, similarly to you mentioned Grand Canyon, four road matches out of the gate yeah. at, at Wake Forest, which is not an easy place to play at Denver, which is not an easy place to play at Creighton, which is not an easy place to play. And then when you're still in Nebraska, you go to Omaha, which has a really nice facility, a really nice surface there. And now you're finally getting back home and you're going to have a nice run at home with Stetson from, from out East and then some California schools coming in there and ending off with, with HCU. So that's, you know, again, it, it's not going to get any easier for, for either team, you know, looking forward as, as we're kind of looking at Grand Canyons, they've already, as we said, had Wake Forest in Denver. They'll have SMU here in Dallas in the next few weeks, which is always going to be a tough game and a, a team that we've seen on the schedule already with our UTRGV and a two to one win for, SMU in that match, but UTRGV matched up with them really well. But again, that's that's going to be a tough trip for Grand Canyon. So it, certainly you can say that they they did not uh, short themselves in the non-conference schedule on the road. I mean, those are all quality games away from home. And and again, I think it's going to be the same kind of thing is if they can kind of weather this storm early and and get things in the record kind of straightened out a bit before they get to conference play. That opener with CBU on October 1st should be a great game because that's that's really going to set a tone for how things are going to go, especially in Grand Canyon's case at CBU to start and then home against Seattle. They're going to know where they stand really at the end of that that kind of swing through the start of the conference season. Oops, I was muted. Was Last so good, question. <laughs> As a Tony, last question from me. Um, as you look at, you know, the standings, of course, it's really, I'm looking at Utah Valley on a three-game losing streak. Of course, these are all playing tough non-conference opponents, most recently at number six, ranked Portland, a 6-0 loss. But which team do you feel like can maybe start to find their groove here and be more competitive in some of these big-time matches before the conference play begins? Yeah, I, I do think that that CBU will be just fine. Again, when you look at everyone who was back for their team and even kind of running through the, the stat sheet of uh, of the conference leaders of who's been contributing the most. I mean, just looking at it right now, he's not there in the point total just yet because the goals aren't coming for him. But Luis Mueller, who we saw a lot last year, he's leading the conference in shots per game. So he's getting the attempts. Mm -hmm. They're just not hitting the back of the net. And with a guy like that, who's dangerous in the attacking third, that that's going to change. I don't think that that's going to be a, a season long thing for, for Luis. So I think that, you know, as the goals start falling for him, I think that's going to change some things around uh, on that aspect. And we'll certainly be, be helpful for the CBU cause if, if they can kind of get him going and, and everything like that. And even though air force has had that kind of rough start, Luke Hill for uh, 
the Falcons. He's leading the conference in scoring. He's got mm-hmm. four goals out of the gate. So certainly he, he's been able to, to convert chances uh, when given the opportunity, but can they find a second goal scorer? Can they potentially find a third goal scorer to kind of help him out there? I think that'll be the key to their success and, and, and unlocking some more uh, folks on offense, but he certainly has, has risen to the occasion and, and has, uh, as I said, been, been uh, I, I think it's only actually three goals. I, I think I gave him one extra there, but still <laughs> three in the first four games is, is, is not He'll bad at all. Number. So I, I think that will be helpful to them, but, but really just, just kind of looking at where everything stands right now, the two teams who, yeah, I, if we wanted to go three, we'd throw San Jose state in there as well. But the two teams I think who've really acquitted themselves well thus far have been Seattle U and UTRGV. Mm-hmm. RGV at two and two with the two losses to, as we said, at SMU, who's a top, who's a top 20 team and at Tulsa, which is a tough, tough place to play. Also a top 20 team picking up two big wins here this past weekend. I, I think UTRGVs kind of positioned themselves in a great spot of getting some momentum w- with a couple matches in a row and, and building forward toward the conference season. But really, like I said, I think the one thing we know here after the first few weeks is that Seattle, even though last year, as we said, due to, due to the injuries, due to everything else, may, maybe wasn't up to their standard as a program. It, it seems like this year has, has been a really good bounce back for them. And as we said, just kind of looking out front, it's going to be a tough schedule. I, I think to to ask them to go through the entire way w- with with a result in every single match is tough, but they've really positioned themselves well, and they're going to be battle tested by the time WAC play starts, no doubt. Well, Thursday night we have some big matchups: California at CBU, that is seven o'clock Pacific time; Oregon State at Seattle U, as well. And always check WACSports.com for the entire schedule. Tony, want to thank you for taking some time out uh, as uh, we roll through the season. Absolutely. It's always fun to be on here with you guys. All right. That's Tony Jones. When you come back, we're going to have Russell Warren, the new senior associate commissioner for the WAC. You're listening to the WAC podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner, Kendra Sheehan, now joined by Russell Warren, our Senior Associate Commissioner of Administration. Russell, welcome to the WAC Podcast. It's a rite of passage. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. And uh, like you said, right of passage. So I'm ready. Let's get going. <laughs> so, so Russell, I think you've been here a couple of months now. You started this summer. Uh, didn't have to put in any moving papers because you yeah, come over terrific. from UTA. Um, first off, what attracted you to this position here at the WAC? I know you've worked a number of years in collegiate sports, a lot of different universities. Why why the conference office and what, why the Western Athletic Conference? Oh, I appreciate it. First of all, thanks for having me. I uh, appreciate being in the hot seat today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's an, very interesting. Uh, years ago when I first started in my career, we won't talk about how many years, but um, I started in the, in the conference office. So familiar with the pace, familiar with the process, although the business aspect has changed greatly, as we all know. But 
um, and then have moved on to, uh, you know, university working on different institutional campuses and also in the professional ranks. But, um, you know, an opportunity to further my career at this level was something that I was uh, super excited about. Uh, Commissioner Thornton's reputation, um, his leadership, his vision is something I really wanted to be a part of. And having been at UTA um, during the transition of the university into the Western Athletic Conference was something that I got to be a part of um, in the transition and, you know, the membership drive. And so uh, the commissioner and I got to be um, close confidence colleagues and um, learned a lot about him and what his vision is for as I mentioned, this league and something I'm excited to be part of. And so we talked about an opportunity that came about and, and here I am today. Now, you've been at UTA nine years for nine years before joining the Western Athletic Conference. I know UTA had joined the conference and so about a year with the WAC. How much did that help having familiarity with the Western Athletic Conference before taking this job? And it wasn't just the whole I'm diving into something completely new. You had that familiarity already with, you know, Brian Thornton and, and what the WAC was trying to do and where they were trying to go. Yeah, Kendrick, great observation and something that uh, was meaningful to me in terms of my decision making about the position um, gave me an opportunity um, on the front end of it to understand um, where the WAC's going, what the WAC's about, to understand it from that side, from an institutional side, which now I'm on the conference office side, I have the knowledge of being in the conference from a university perspective for a year. So I think it's um, helped me to be a more well-rounded senior associate commissioner for the commissioner to bring a different level of expertise and a vision for him that perhaps um, helps move us forward. So Russell, you, you mentioned you were part of that transition from uh, the, the Sun Belt to the WAC with, with UTA. As far as what... Um, what the attraction was to the WAC, if you can, I guess, let, let us uh, behind the, the curtain a little bit. Sure. Um, obviously, there's been a major transition in the WAC the last few years, especially, and uh, a, a migration to the state of Texas, uh, where we have a number of schools and also, you know, Utah and, and still in the West and in other states. But as, as far as UTA's attraction to the WAC and kind of maybe what some of that vision is uh, for the future as well. Yeah, I think it was, um, you know, very strategic on the university's part at the time. I don't want to speak for the president at the time or the athletic director, but being highly involved in the process, I think I have a good, um, you know, knowledge of what we were looking for and and what we, you know, what we felt was best for our student athletes and for the future of UTA athletics. And so, you know, we shopped around, we were, we were shopped around, um, and so we're able to meet with some terrific leagues and leadership across the country. Um, and But when Commissioner Thornton and the team from the WAC came to Arlington, it was pretty evident this was going to be the great fit for UT Arlington. Um, you know, his vision, the, the president's vision of this league and the athletic director's vision of this league is important. Um, as you mentioned, um, in growing parts of the United States, um, intriguing cities, uh, university populations that are growing, and uh, and really making an impact on the national scene. And uh, I think that's what attracted our leadership at the time uh, from UTA when we wanted to be part of that. Certainly moving at that time the university brand into marketplaces on the West Coast uh, that perhaps we hadn't penetrated before was another big part of that. But I would say that none of that was going to take place without the vision and the commitment of the commissioner 
And I think that's what really sold us at the time on uh, that it was a great spot. Also, it helps that there are several institutions that are close here in Texas mm -hmm. um, that have competed for many years, been able to establish some old rivalries and get those back on the forefront, but then also create some new ones as well. It's always great whenever you have um, competition in close proximity for your fans to be able to travel as well. So all those things pointed to a great uh, opening within the league and something that uh, I think was beneficial for both parties. And you're back at the conference office. You worked at the Southwest Conference previously, and then you went to some campuses. For you, what is the biggest transition from just working for one institution and then expanding and working for a conference where you're dealing with multiple institutions? What's kind of the, the biggest change that you've noticed? Well, I think certainly uh, the day in and day out pace with your student athletes is something that uh, on, on a campus is paramount on a daily basis of what are their needs um, what are the things that are going to cross your desk on a daily basis? And there's many times that you have a pretty structured day, and that day starts at 6 p.m. once you get through all the things that have kind of come across your desk somewhat unexpectedly. Um, so the pace is somewhat different. Um, a campus um, lifestyle is much different, as many of you know, in terms of college athletics. Um, but it doesn't mean that the work isn't as important or is, isn't as um, underscored in terms of, of what you need to accomplish each pardon me each day so I think uh, there's a just a different balance there but it doesn't mean it's any less um, uh, less important or anything of that nature it's just a different kind of uh, a strategy each day in terms of trying to accomplish your goals now um, if people are listening to this and they hear uh, a little bit of an accent North Jersey <laughs> is, that, is that where you're from uh, you know I don't even know I don't even know where that is uh, I don't know North Jersey is it but, north of Texas somewhere it is it maybe is. But, then I'm but, out, uh, so. you're you've lived a lot of years in Texas are you Texas native I am I'm from Plains Texas a small traditional cotton cattle oil ranching uh, community out in West Texas and I'll say this for those of for those people that aren't really from Texas and have a sense of what it's they think it is uh, then the area that I'm from is what they think it is, flat, cotton, cattle, oil, ranching, um, and just great people, uh, just a great a great uh, uh, part of the state, a lot of rich heritage in the land. And uh, I will give you a couple of interesting facts. Uh, some of the largest uh, cotton producing regions in the nation, in oh. this world, and then also the flattest part of the world. Flattest. The Llano Estacado on the South Plains of West, West Texas is the flattest part of the world. So just a little trivia there for all of you watching today. Well, well we, we came from Colorado. It was uh, not year. flat there. So, uh, not, not, <laughs> a little different. A little well, different. Well, but as far as your, your career then, you've been able to stay in the state of Texas. Obviously it's a huge state as I uh, found out last year when I drove down to UTRGV from, <laughs> from here, but um, you, you've been able to work division one, you've been able to work uh, in, in pro sports. So what, what kind of led you to to this field uh, back, back then? What what made you want to be part of collegiate sports, pro sports? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, um, you know, um, I've been blessed. I have had a tremendous career. I'm a man of faith. And so I've been led on a journey that has taken me to some terrific places, really been able to travel the world um, and be able to be in, in an industry that um, is a lot of fun, fast-paced, a lot of great relationships and hopefully impacting a lot of lives along the way, student athletes, colleagues, 
and certainly fan bases that I've been able to be a part of. So those things were all important to me. Um, I knew early on in my college career that I wanted to be in college sports on the business side. Had great opportunity at Texas Tech, which where I went to school. And so it just really led to, to where I am today. Um, I would mention that we all have great relationships and you build upon those early on in your career and they never leave you. So networking in those early days has really benefited to me, uh, for me to, to today, quite frankly. And so um, it's, it's, it's been a great ride and uh, continue to uh, be blessed in this opportunity here with the WAC. Here's my question, putting you on the spot here. He, he, he. No. <laughs> um, you know, throughout sports, you know, there it's, it's a lot of long hours, but it's a lot of really, really rewarding moments that keep people driving and doing what they do. Can you think of maybe a particular moment that stands out to you, whether it was an interaction with a student athlete that you had where, you know, you watch them succeed or make a big play in a big moment or something that you took a step back and were like, yes, this is why I do what I do. And it just continues to be why you work hard and give everything you can to have these student athletes have the best experience. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's an awesome question. And one I think a lot of people in this industry kind of reflect on from time to time, but um, there are several, quite frankly, a lot of great championship moments, which is the competition of, of that we're all um, honored to be a part of, whether you're, you know, a coach or an operation side or whatever your, your part of it is, whenever you can achieve a gold ball, you, you feel good about your part of that. And so all of those championship moments for me have been terrific. But I think in in defining for me, I think I've just recently gone through that in leaving UTA in the sense of I had so many student athletes that personally reached out to me to talk about um, how I affected them, how they appreciated my voice, how they appreciated uh, you know, my opportunity to listen and just try to make some differences in their lives. And that's been the case for me, wherever I've been, um, you know, uh, I've had an opportunity to work. So those are the little moments that really mean a lot because it was more than just the championship. It was more than just the competition or getting through the day. It was something that was meaning them, meaning meaningful for them along the way. So for me, those are the little things that are important. And the fact that so many student athletes across my many years still are in touch with me as they grow their careers, grow their lives, grow their families. Um, when I get a baby announcement or a wedding announcement, those are those are the things that matter to me because it means that they saw me differently than just an administrator. And that's what I really strive to do. Um, and I would also say just the people that I've been able to work alongside, I, whether they're um, older than I am, much younger than I am, somewhere in between. Um, when we get into this business, all of that kind of melts away, and you just try to lean on one another to make a big difference in the, the lives of fan bases, student athletes, and campus communities uh, that you're uh, blessed to be a part of. So uh, that's a long answer <laughs> to a very pointed question. It's great, <laughs> but, I think, uh, but I do think it's been it's the little things that come back to you. Uh, and again, I say with all due respect to winning trophies, that's the fun part, and that's what you want to do. But beyond that, uh, are the meaningful moments that I treasure. Love it. And then, as far as uh, coming back to the conference office here, and you mentioned uh, Brian Thornton's vision was one of the things that attracted you to this position obviously you know uh, when you turn on espn or or any other news uh, there's a lot of unrest in, in collegiate sports you know with what's going on with the pac-12 and conference realignment always seems to be an issue 
what what do you kind of see maybe as as the future of collegiate sports in the in the next few years maybe next five ten years yeah it's a it's an interesting question i think that one all of us really ponder uh, kind of day in and day out with what's what what is the news going to bring today but where i stand fast in and stand strong is the leadership Brian's leadership for this conference, the athletic directors in this league, our presidents, uh, that's where you have to put the faith and the trust in to where those are the people that are helping kind of chart our course. So then therefore you can kind of settle in, educate yourself on the news of the day, but then trust in those of us in leadership roles. We're doing our very best to chart the course as we move forward. Um, it's really hard to predict. Um, I think there's so much up in the air with, um, television with entertainment entertainment properties you see where um, big sports are moving um, who is influential and in what's happening um, of course you're always going to have the NCA portion of that um, administrative from the league perspective university perspective there's lots of layers um, so I to be honest with you I don't know yeah. but but I do know that we will always have great student athletes we're always going to have great fan bases and we're always going to have great institutions that college athletics mean a heck of a lot to the heart and soul, the tradition, the pride, the spirit of a campus life. And so that is what I know will never change. Now, what swirls around that is to come, how we manage that, we will find a way. But I think um, you, when you peel all that back and you understand what is the heart and soul of college athletics is the campus life and how it elevates that and brings the quality of the millions of alumni around the country that call their school home. Um, I think that will never change. It'll just grow. That is true. I mean, there's so many questions, NIL, college landscape. Yeah. And I but... didn't even mention any of them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions. Well, Russell, thank you so much for being yeah, a part of the WAG Podcast. Did you enjoy it? Will you be back? Would you want to come back as another guest? Uh, are there going to be snacks? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good We question. probably should have water in here. It's not like, yeah. We have a budget we'll for snacks. snacks. We'll find a sponsor. Kendra yeah. has a little mirror, too. I forgot to... Oh, yeah. The, the mirror, it's usually my little... <laughs> I've yeah. had no mirror in here, so there's no doubt what's going on. All right, that, that's Russell Warren, our Senior Associate Commissioner for Administration. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.